You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. And a happy new year to you. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you are listening to episode 131 of the Pure Desire Podcast, the first episode of 2020. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nicholas J. Stumbo. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I love singing ones. I, there's quite a few of them, aren't there? There are. But hey, you know, 2020, perfect vision, see clearly, right? I just, I continue to go back to every pastor is going to have at least one 2020 yeah. vision, right? Yeah. Like the first sermon in 2020 is going to be setting vision. course for a new vision of the kingdom. Uh, we make fun vision. because we're both pastors, but that's okay. We're excited to start a brand new year of podcasts with you, listener. We're super excited, and we want to start, uh, really want to chat through a couple quick things before we get into the first episode of 2020. The first one, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do it. Don't wait. You can find us on all the major platforms. And, it's 2020. Uh, I mean, who's not subscribed to our podcast Exactly. Now? Right. So unless you have like 800 podcasts you're subscribed to... We need to be 801. Uh, the second thing, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on YouTube. Uh, it's at Pure Desire PDMI is our username. And then the full episodes are up on YouTube. As I mentioned, just search Pure Desire Ministries. Um, and then, Nick, let's talk a little bit um, about we're, we've now finished a decade, right? 2019, we have finished a decade. Uh, let's talk about what 2019 was like for us a little bit. Yeah, it was a really strong year for Pure Desire. In some ways, it's you look back at a decade and say the best news is that we're still here. Totally. Yep. Uh, to to survive and thrive as a sex addiction and recovery ministry is not easy. And by God's grace and His goodness, there have been so many people that have been a part of what we do. God's mm -hmm. really used the material. Uh, you know, that's what I think of first. That there's now uh, groups actively running in over 750 churches around yeah. the country and even around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had groups that have started meeting in Australia and Europe and South Africa, and, and so that's exciting. Um, and then adding to that, our new online groups platform. Uh, that today I think we've got 25 groups that are up and running, and so people who have no access to a group in their local area have been able to join with a qualified leader who's taking them through the material yep. and the way we just see that that can catalyze groups going back into the local church so that, uh, and in our vision, that every person would have access to a group at least within, you know, a 30 to 60 mile range of their house where yep. they could go for healing and recovery. And so uh, I, I see that as being a significant part of that. Um, having some new resources come out yep. with our, our recovery uh, workbook for women uh, unraveled and seeing the way that that's connecting with really a whole new generation of women who come to a safe place to be able to say, this is my story. It's not just a man's problem. This is a woman's problem too. And women, I think, have some maybe unique ways that their struggle looks or can feel compared to men, but it's just as real and just as damaging to relationships and to the kind of life they want to live. And so it's great to see that happening. And uh, Rodney and Tracy Wright's book, How to yep. Talk with Your Kids About so Sex, yep, and really providing so a resource to parents that's so valuable to to help them really address the culture of their home and their relationships. And uh, those are just uh, a few things that come to mind, you know, being yep. able to add a couple of staff here and grow some of our counseling offerings. There's, there's a lot of good things happening. And I think it's just, uh, again, a testimony to the vision God gave Ted and Diane Roberts mm -hmm. really over 20 years ago, but, you know, it's been the last uh, 12 years that we've been a nonprofit and 
seeing uh, seeing Pure Desire grow to help more people has really been exciting. Yeah, and we are really excited about 2020. There's a lot of really cool things, and so we're excited to start the year, start the year with a new podcast. And so we started the year sitting down with Heather Kolb, our content manager, neuroscience brainiac on staff, and we talked about in the new year how to create new rhythms in our life. Yeah, I, I think that's the truth of the human experience that we all want to change, right? There's things we'd, we'd like to improve on. And that's Unless it's running, which just, you'll hear in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah, I know. We use that as an illustration Thank quite you. often, yes. not necessarily the truth <laughs> of the change you guys are making, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, no judgment. But no, the, the challenge I think we all face is we, we can't always see clearly mm-hmm back to the intro, uh, <laughs> how to make those changes. And so that's why resolutions are popular. It feels like yeah. hey, I'm gonna, this year I'm going to do it. And it becomes right. a, a try harder goal that often we don't get there. Totally. So what does it really look like to develop for the long haul, a new rhythm, a new pattern in our life? And I think today's episode can really give listeners some things to wrestle with. And that, that might be the challenge of this episode is it's not one, two, three, and now you're a new me. Yep. It's like, this takes time. Yeah. And, um, and we try to wrestle with what does that look like to move in the direction we all want to go. Yeah. And I, I truly believe uh, this episode is going to help that conversation, is going to move some things forward uh, and really help us all create some more rhythms in 2020. So enjoy the episode. Heather, Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, we've now entered the year 2020 insert whatever sound effect you would like, uh, whether that's ominous or exciting or happy. Um, And we're in a new season, a new year, people, new year, new me, changes all around, New Year's resolutions, new rhythms. They're super fresh. And so today that's what we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan to me too. Wasn't there a movie called 2020? Is this the movie, the year when... um, Mm, Yeah, the Mayan. I thought it was 2012. No, the, a movie with uh, Nicolas Cage where they set off inadvertently some cataclysmic weather event and they have to load four gigantic ships. And am I? Okay, now I'm going to have to look this one up. But anyway, <laughs> let's great. let's dive into what we're here to talk about, uh, which is all about developing healthy rhythms. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people around the new year are thinking of goals and resolutions. And yeah. as, as we all know, those tend to be short-lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to talk more about a, a rhythm. And by the way, is there any more difficult word in the English language to spell <laughs> than rhythm? Yes. I, I seriously was 40 years old before I could spell rhythm without spell check. Uh, but what is the difference between having a healthy rhythm mm-hmm. and working to develop that into our life versus setting goals or having a resolution for change? Mm-hmm. So um, I've been spending some time um, listening to a couple guys, uh, John Mark Comer and Jeff Bethke are two guys that I've been listening to reading through a lot. And uh, Jeff Bethke in his newest book had this this quote, and I really liked it. He making this differentiation between rhythms and goals. And he said that one is about the end, the other is about the present. One is about doing, the other is about being. One is about results, and the other is about process. And so for me, goals are the black and white. Those are the things that like, you know, one example I've heard, it's like, I want to be uh, a runner. And so you can go out tomorrow and run, and that day you have reached your goal. But then if you go out the next day and decide to not run, then that day you were not a runner. So in that sense, you have failed. And so that's like a goal where a rhythm is like, I want to become a runner, which I personally don't. We've talked yeah. about this. <laughs> I, this I was is wondering, not, is this a new thing? Yeah, this is big not. Surprise. Yes. Uh, I'm a little hurt by that, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> the idea though is it's about what am I becoming, right? What is that mm-hmm. process? What is that, um, 
like rhythms are ongoing. Um, and I really like that. I think a goal is like, what do I want to accomplish? And a rhythm is who do I want to become? And so uh, I'm excited about talking about this just because of that, because I feel like I'm finally that switch is being flipped in my brain where it's no longer what can I accomplish or what achievement can I surpass this year? It's what type of person do I want to become and then placing rhythms in uh, in place to be able to have, have that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to think about that. I agree that a goal tends to be something that I want to achieve, but it has an end mark. Like I right. want to lose 20 pounds, something like that. Which is a great goal. It is a great right. goal. But I think that, like you're saying, a rhythm is something that is going to be like a new pattern or something that's mm-hmm. going to be reoccurring in my behavior that is going to not just be something that, okay, I finally reached it, I'm done, but something that, okay, this becomes part of of my lifestyles. Yep. So, yep. you know, even just something like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat healthier, you know, that becomes a rhythm, totally. not necessarily a goal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what we're looking at is the hope would be that goals become rhythms. Yeah. You know, in yes. the in the losing twenty pounds, if I develop a new rhythm of how I eat or exercise mm-hmm. or the kind of foods I eat or the frequency or you know amount, all those things, if that becomes my new normal or rhythm, mm-hmm. then it's it's going to have an ongoing effect. Versus mm-hmm. if I just accomplish that goal yeah. and then you know celebrate, I did it. You know, we go out to Hagen Dazs ice cream and celebrate that we <laughs> lost twenty pounds. <laughs> And in the next month, put it all back on. And and that's honestly what we see commonly happening, particularly in our Western culture that does tend to be very goal-driven. You know, um, we're very three-oriented on the Enneagram as a society. It's about achievement and success and posting on Facebook our accomplishments. But if if it's not an ongoing rhythm, we'll just be often back where we started. And so I, I think the purpose of this episode is really looking at how do we get, you know, co- goals are about having motivation for a season, mm-hmm. where I think rhythms are about having a value yes. system in place that just supports a, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we get there? Because it, in some ways it is harder. It's, it's one thing for me to have a goal for a great month of health or exercise or whatever, yep. Yep. but to have the motivation day in and day out just for a lifestyle um, ha- has to go deeper. And mm-hmm. so where does that come from? How do we get there? I, I think that's what we're trying to get at today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... What we see at the beginning of this is you usually have to identify an area that needs change. And that's usually the reason why we want to implement a new rhythm. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't implement a new rhythm wanting to do drugs because I know it's bad for me. Like I know I want to implement a new rhythm for health for me to grow as a person. But first we have to identify what areas of change uh, are needed in our life. And I'll be honest, I struggle with this. And so Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. How do we identify those areas in our life that need changes that then we could implement rhythms to change? How do we mm-hmm. how do we identify those? And that's a great question. I think that for many of us, we could see things like, again, looking at something as a goal that I want to do something that's for me, that's personal, that is something for my own edification. And I think that those are easier things for us to establish a rhythm of, you know, that I want to spend more time reading or writing or something like Mm -hmm. that. I think that it becomes a little bit harder when someone else brings to your attention an area that, that might need that, you know, you might need to develop a new rhythm. And even though it could be really good and because Mm -hmm. this person loves you and wants you to be the best version of you, but I think that those are a little bit harder. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for me personally, and you guys know this about me, that exercising on purpose is not for me at all but but I know that that even in something like that 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 that's going to be, be be a new rhythm that is going to draw me into relationship with others instead of looking at 
okay, what is it that sometimes we develop rhythms that keep us away from others? You know what I mean? And I think that that sometimes can be a good indication of, of maybe what, what we need to be developing. One of the things that comes to mind for me that's um, in a lot of our Pure Desire workbooks is that cycle of addiction, or we could even just call it the cycle of relapse, and that doesn't even necessarily have to be sexual, because I know we have listeners that uh, they listen in because they're more on the betrayed spouse, and they don't feel mm-hmm. like they have an addiction, but but I'm guessing they could look into their life and say there are negative relapses, whether it's anger or binge eating or whatever it is, that they would say, yeah, I've, I've got kind of a pattern. And so I think when we're looking at developing healthy rhythms, we've got to be willing to pause and really address where are my unhealthy rhythms, Mm -hmm. because that's probably why we want to change to a healthy rhythm, because we can see I'm in a negative rhythm. And maybe, so for example, if if our rhythm is that we routinely stay up too late at night, maybe binge watching TV or just on social media, or, you know, Mm -hmm. we just don't feel like going to bed. And so we're going to bed one, two in the morning and not getting enough sleep. And then we wake up tired and groggy and... Maybe then we're more prone to procrastination or being angry at our kids. And that creates a lot of relational dynamics that are negative all day long. And Mm -hmm. so then at night, that need to stay up late because that's a place where everyone else is in bed and we get kind of this free space. And But now we're just in the cycle that's happening over and over. So if you can see what those patterns are, Mm -hmm. then you say, well, where do I need to change? How can I adjust to a healthier bedtime rhythm and what time I get up and then how I treat my kids and... So it's really taking kind of that holistic look at your life to say, where am I stuck in negative patterns? And really, to be honest about what are the rhythms that are keeping that pattern in place? Because then that can give us some real insight into what what a healthy rhythm look like. I think that um, that, at least on the front end of recovery, if you're listening and you feel like, you know, you don't even know where to start, how to even identify that. I think a really simple and easy way is find somebody in your life that you respect, that you Mm -hmm. see is growing and is uh, maturing, becoming healthier, that holistic healing, not just, you know, one area, but uh, ask that person, what do you see in my life that you could change, you would change right now? What are some new rhythms? And so instead of waiting for someone to come to you and be like, hey, you're super unhealthy (laughs) and like you really need to start practicing, you know, doing exercise on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Like instead of waiting for that, because that's going to be a difficult one, in the act of asking somebody, there is like a, a posture of humility where you're placing yourself underneath that person's, you know, authority that basically you're giving them in that moment saying, hey, what would you suggest I do? And I think that that could really kickstart some self-awareness. And then you start to get some traction like, oh, OK, sleeping patterns. Got it. Nick mentioned that to me. That makes total sense. And it's like, oh, you know, I get mm-hmm. up and then I'm immediately on my phone like, oh, OK, maybe I need to pull. So I think that that idea can start kickstarting some of that stuff. Yeah. And I I think it comes back to the relationships we have that Mm -hmm. we want to do some honest self-assessment of our lives, but that can be tough to do without the help of others because we all have blind spots. Mm -hmm. We we have things we're stuck in. And so if if you've got trusted friends or a family member, a spouse that you can go to as part of this to say, hey, I'm I'm really on a journey. I want to be a healthier person. Mm -hmm. What are patterns or rhythms you see in my life that work against health? Because they probably... If they're yep. close to you, they can see, well, you know, yep. that that daily Coca-Cola you're drinking at lunch doesn't seem to be a part of your health. Or right. they may yeah. see things that to us, be, and that's what pat, makes patterns and rhythms rhythms is that we just begin to do them without having to consciously put a lot of thought or effort right. into it. So if we keep that in mind on the negative side, we yeah. may not be able to see what needs to change. Right. Uh, others can help be a part of identifying and helping us move towards 
what yeah. does that healthy rhythm look like? I love those uh, commercials, those Snickers commercials, like you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and those friends who are willing to reach out and just be like, bro, eat a Snickers. You, you really need to start acting like yourself again. And so I think that surrounding ourselves with those kind of people is going to be super helpful in that. That's yeah. a good friend. We're going to take a quick break and talk to you about our online groups. We are now in a new decade. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, and with this fresh start, This fresh year brings a lot of new opportunities for growth and health in our lives. And Nick, one of the best ways we've both grown in our own sexual health is through group, right? Yeah. And so I think what we see is that there are a lot of men and women who have the desire to jump into group and start their healing right now, but they don't have groups in their area. They don't have people at their church who maybe are ready to lead or are willing to even jump in. And so that's why we have created this online platform for people to jump into groups. Yeah, that's right. You know, my experience in group for the first eight years was uh, as a leader in a local church. And then we moved uh, to the Portland area and there weren't groups in our local church. And so I started leading an online group. And I would say at first I was skeptical because it was like, you know, meeting over the internet and video, this is going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. And there's always the technology side of it that you got to make sure everyone's video is working and audio and inevitably there's going to be someone's internet's not working and but once you get through that and you're actually all in a video hangout together I was amazed at how quickly it felt personal there was connection and I was able to share my story with other people who understood what I was working on and could share theirs with me and so that uh, is really my encouragement for anyone listening who hasn't had a group experience yet. There's probably a lot of reasons that you've given or come up with why not to, uh, but I, I think you will find a healing community beyond what you expected. And so here we are at January and many of us are motivated to change. We, we've called the holidays the season of relapse mm-hmm. because there are all kinds of challenges with vacations and family of origin. and. Uh, being out of our rhythm that maybe right now someone listening is in a place of vulnerability and humility that they haven't always been, that they're looking at their life going, something's got to give, something's got to change. And, and I think our encouragement would be to say the best thing you could do, rather than just buying more books and more you know, self-effort, I'm going to try harder, this is the year I change. If you're not doing it with other people, the likelihood of success is just, it's really, really slim. And so that's why we have these online groups. Now I'd, I'd love for them to first look and see, could I engage with something nearby and go in person? Sure. But for a lot of people, the answer to that will be, there's there's nothing around me. So that's, that's why we have the online groups and it's a great place to go and really dive into your healing in a new way. And we have certified Pure Desire group leaders that will lead you through this roadmap to your healing. Uh, they are charged groups for that reason. Uh, we're charging 49 a month for uh, people who are struggling and 29 a month for betrayal groups. And uh, we do, we just encourage you to explore this option because this could be the thing that really sets a new trajectory in your life. If you're interested in looking at these online groups, go to groups.puredesire.org. Now back to the episode. So once we've identified areas that we need to establish new rhythms, how do we really go about doing that so that we're you know, seeing growth in these areas? Yeah, several things that, that came to mind in thinking about how we actually begin implementing new rhythms. Um, once we've done that honest self-assessment, I think uh, we need to be realistic about how quickly we can change something. Uh, I mean, back to my illustration of if you're a, a night owl who's been staying up way too late, 1, 2 a.m., you're like, well, I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. every night, and that's my new rhythm. Like, well, good luck. Your body's probably not even going to know how to do yeah, that. Like, right. you're going to have to work your way towards totally. that time. Mm-hmm. So being realistic and, and putting a focus on progress, not perfection. 
-hmm. And I think that's, again, a difference between a, a goal and a rhythm. Yep. Then in a goal, you're really measuring my perfection. Did I do it or not? Mm -hmm. It's like, did I achieve this mark? Did I get there? Where a rhythm is is about a, a progress towards that. And and learning to be gracious to ourselves when we don't do something perfectly or yeah. maybe something isn't changing as quickly as we'd like, um, because that's going to be a reality. Of, rhythms take time to, mm -hmm. to get to that place where it just is part of our natural way of doing life. That will be a, a journey. And so focusing on progress, not perfection. And and then what came to mind is really thinking about the holistic nature of life that we all tend to make um, goals or try to look at rhythms in one area, whether it's our spiritual yep. life or some are real focused on the physical and losing yep. weight or getting healthier. Mm -hmm. Others, it's you know mental and taking classes or it's the relational, emotional side of friendship. And I, I think when we look at rhythms, we want to see how do all of these things work together. Yep. And if, mm -hmm. if all the rhythms I'm looking to develop are only about like my physical body, but I'm not aware of unhealthy patterns in my relationships or my thinking, yeah. I'm likely not going to make much progress physically because that's only one aspect of my being yep. um, and, and my thinking. So really looking at rhythms to say, how do all of these work together? What rhythms do I need to have mentally and relationally if I'm looking to change something physically? And what, what comes to mind for me too, when you're talking about a new rhythm is to look at what will be the support I need around that change of life That's because good. to go back mm -hmm. what we've been joking about like if you're going to become a runner let's say in, in 2020 and, and i do love to run <laughs> it, it's one thing to say well i'm going to start running x number of miles a day or a week well that's actually only one component of right. running there's the the diet that you choose to have during mm -hmm. the day there's the amount of sleep you're getting there's mm -hmm. the kind of shoes that you're wearing because if you go out and are wearing your you know your an old pair of Converse that's going to feel very different mm -hmm. than if you've got a brand new pair of Hoka Hoka One Ones and how those will a feel what a what a that's Hoka's are the new running okay. shoe that's that a new character into. in the Mandalorian <laughs> got it yeah him too yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> And also, you know, the kind of clothes you wear. If if you're out in an old pair of sweatpants versus actual running pants, it, there's there are things that really support and enable that rhythm. And it, you, it, we kind of all make the joke when someone goes, you know, they they buy all new running clothes and running shoes, and then they never run. Right. There's definitely that side of life. But there's something to be said for if I'm developing a new rhythm, what else will I need around yeah. that rhythm to support it? Yeah. Um, so I'm not just trying in isolation to make this one change without seeing how maybe the rest of my life is set up mm -hmm. not to support that. Yeah. So creating the rhythm may involve a whole bunch of smaller changes that could support the rhythm you're looking to develop. Yeah, that's super good. Mm -hmm. I was thinking uh, like an example of that is like how I'm eating dictates how I feel. And so if I know that I'm going to, which I'm not, right? This is hypothetical in quotation marks <laughs> if you're not watching this, right? If I want to become a runner and I know that eating, I feel lethargic when I don't eat well, then that's a small change is like, what am I eating before I go on a run? Or maybe I'm not eating before I go on a run and eating after something like that. Another thing that I just was thinking through, and this is something that I'm doing, I know that I just tend to be a better version of myself when I get some quiet time to myself in the morning, mm -hmm. whether that's reading, praying, like reading just a, a book, like spending time listening to podcasts, whatever it is. And for me, I have found success in scheduling that, like putting it into my daily ritual when I start the day. And this is my example. I get up at five. I, uh, this is specific time just for everyone who's out there, right? I get up at five, shower, get ready, eat breakfast, make coffee. And then at 5.30, I sit down. I've scheduled out an hour and I leave the house at 6.30. So I schedule out an hour to read, to pray, to do whatever, however I want to fill that devotional time, that me time to start the day. 
And if I only go 15 minutes and I'm done and I feel like I'm okay, then great. I go to work and that's fine. I can move on early, but I still have created that time to where I now wake up and that's just my, it is the rhythm now in my life to get up and at 5.30, sitting down on the couch with my coffee, a glass of water, pen and my Bible and journal and all that. So like for me, it's become a rhythm because I put it into my schedule and was intentional Mm -hmm. where if I didn't have it in my schedule to start, it wouldn't have become a rhythm. It's like, well, I can just fill my time with whatever I want. When I look at my calendar the next day and I see, oh, okay, 5.30 to 6.30, this is the time each day that I have this in, that just helps me get into that mindset when I wake up. Mm -hmm. That is so good. I think that, Nick, you also mentioned this a few minutes ago about our automatic processes. And I think that that's really when you start to see change that is happening in your brain, that you're developing new rhythms that your brain is adapting to and and it becomes not a negative part of your thinking, but this new rhythm is now something that is a positive thing because you're changing the neural pathways in your brain to, yeah. to support that new rhythm that you're doing. I think that that's really important. Yeah. Another thing that comes to mind as you guys are sharing is how uh, vital in, in my life over the last 10 years, being in a group has been yes. particularly the the end piece in making a commitment to change. Mm-hmm. Because the the big rhythm change there for for me early on and for many people starting their Pure Desire group is they, they don't want to be stuck in this pattern of pornography or yep. masturbation or yep. lust or mm-hmm. fantasy. And and that's a big change. And, and you can't just make that your commitment every week. Well, I'm not going to do this. Right. I mean, we know that, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what we're trying to change. But the commitment each week is to say, what is your most significant challenge this week in working towards that new rhythm? And Mm so week in and week out, I begin to identify, you know, maybe this week it's a really heavy time at work and I know Mm -hmm. it's going to be emotional, it's going to be draining, and I'm going to be looking to seek out entertainment or things that make me feel good. So this week I need to have a healthy plan of what's appropriate entertainment or appropriate ways to kind of get that, that, that that let down and and be able to relax and recover after a heavy week. So, and then the next week maybe it's vacation. And so there's no yep. work pressure, there's no uh, stress, but there's a lot of free time. Well, that week I'm gonna have to have a plan to deal with free time. And when you look back over the course of six months or a year, as I found in my you know first experience with the Pure Desire group, you look back and see it's been six months or it's been a year and right. there's been no relapses, that's great. But to ask the question, how did I get here? It wasn't that I just determined not to look at right. pornography anymore. They just tried harder. It's right. that week in and week out, I looked at what were the little pieces of the rhythm yep. that needed to adjust and change. And having that just continually in mind, yeah. I, I think was a game changer. So I would encourage anyone listening, whether you're in a group or not, I think if, if you're trying to develop a whole new rhythm, yeah. because this mm-hmm. is for the long haul, it's to break it into chunks and say, well, what what's going to need to be my focus this week? Yeah, and um, and then really going after it for that week, and then yeah. next week look at an, another commitment. Mm-hmm. I um, I used to make fun of him all the time. Uh, my old principal at the private middle school I went to used to always ask the question, "How do you eat an elephant?" And we're just like, "Oh my god, here we go again!" Like mm-hmm. he's going to say it, but then he'd be like, "One bite at a time, right?" And it's like, it's cheesy and it's stupid, but that's exactly what you're talking about. Bite-sized chunks, like. You don't take a whole pot roast and shove it in your mouth at once because you probably would die and suffocate. Like Mm -hmm. that's not a good idea. But if you want to savor it, enjoy it, and that hunger to have it, you know, taken care of, it's one bite at a time. So that's so good. Mm -hmm. That is good. So we've already talked about how most New Year's resolutions by February 1st have come to an end. Uh, (laughs) They fall off the table. They're they're just not sustainable. So 
when we're looking to develop rhythms, how do we mm-hmm. ensure that we're creating long-term change and not just going after something that we forget about by February 1st? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one because it's so true. I think that I, even the last few years, I don't even set a resolution because I know myself so well. Oh my but gosh. I know, I'm <laughs> a terrible person. I know. But I think that so often when we set something, a resolution or a goal, it's based on our feelings. And mm. I don't think that that's necessarily a good place to start when we're wanting to create new rhythms. And I think yeah. that that it needs to be based more on a practical plan. What can I be successful with? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that um, the way that we decide that, okay, if I'm going to start exercising an hour every day when I haven't been exercising at all, mm-hmm. that's not going to work. But yeah. if I create a practical plan, something that definitely I can achieve, then I think I'm going to be more successful. Something that's like, okay, let's start with 20 minutes, three times a week, you right. know. And I think that it's important too that that to recognize that our brain likes routine. Mm-hmm. Our brain mm-hmm. really does adapt quickly to things that we put in place, healthy patterns that that I think reinforce what we're trying to accomplish. And that's another thing I think to keep in mind that when we're setting up a practical plan is yeah. to recognize how at some point we're going to be doing these new rhythms and our brain is going to release dopamine that's going to make us feel good, yep. that's going to make us want to continue these same rhythms. Yeah. I think um, you said it a lot, picking no more than three goals mm-hmm. or things that we're pushing for at a time practically our brain can't handle more mm-hmm. than that. And so I think that that's a really easy one is just like, I just wrote down, pick one or two, like yes. one or two. And maybe it's more of those small things where it's, and they're related. It's mm-hmm. not just, I want to eat better and I want to write a book. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like maybe let's focus on one area. I want to eat better and spend 10 minutes a day exercising, mm-hmm. something like that, where maybe they're together. And then another one, and we'll kind of get into this more uh, in another question, but Inviting other people into the process is always going to be helpful. There's built-in accountability for that, mm-hmm. but then there's also um, there's just camaraderie. Like if you decide you want to exercise on purpose, I'm probably not the person that you want to invite <laughs> into that. But <laughs> which I should. I'm now now I feel like I'm getting convicted. That I <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, everybody. Um, transformations happening right in front of your ears. Um, <laughs> but. I think that inviting other people is good because, um, and that's why group is so important, is it's not something you're doing alone, right? On this journey Mm -hmm. to sexual integrity, or if you're healing from betrayal, it's not, um, I'm doing this alone, and then I get to have a conversation with people about it, you know, once a week. It's no, 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 we're doing it together, all of us. That's Mm -hmm. what group time is for. That's what phone calls are for. That's what... Um, that's what the whole group experience is for is camaraderie to do things together because Mm -hmm. I think that that's how things stick is Mm -hmm. when it's a community thing, not just a you thing. The thing that comes to mind for me with long-term change is we've got to be willing to look at what our priorities are and be honest about what we have time for. I I remember hearing a stat somewhere that if, if we did everything in a day that you know, sociologists and psychologists say we should do for health, you would need like a 34 or 36 hour day. Oh there's just, there's not time in the day to get right. together with friends, have time to meditate, to exercise, do self-care, mm-hmm. do some, you know, like we can't, we're, we're people. And especially if you've got kids at home and you've got mm-hmm. responsibilities there, yeah. 
you've got to even on a piece of paper write out and say, okay, my priorities are you know God and my faith, and then my spouse and my kids, my family and my work, and mm-hmm. and then to start to say, and after that, what else do I have room for? Mm-hmm. Because if we realize that coaching our kids' sports team and maybe yeah. some community involvement yeah. and getting to watch football every Sunday yeah. afternoon and getting to sleep until 11 a.m. on a Saturday, like mm-hmm. if we're honest, those are priorities. And mm-hmm. we might have to look at the list and say, what on this list am I willing to change? Because if you look at your list and say, well, well, nothing really, then that, that'd that be an honest place to be to say, well, yeah. th- this is what I have time for in this season of life. Now, if, mm-hmm. if we're looking to become a runner or to add um, Gosh, devotional reading or, or exercise. <laughs> I get it, Holy Spirit. I get it. <laughs> we're we're going to have to look on that list and say, right. you know what? I'm going to be willing to put exercise or eating healthy yeah. above mm-hmm. these other things. Because even eating healthy, that requires a plan. It requires mm-hmm. going to the yeah. store a certain day of week and making sure you have foods in place. And, yeah that's a time commitment. And mm-hmm. so if, if you look at your priority list and say, I'm not willing to change anything, you may have to say, I, I can't right now develop this rhythm I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Or if if you say, well, after God, family, and work, I'm willing to put my healthy eating or exercise and, and you actually structure your week that way, it yeah. can happen. But I, I just think how important that is that we're honest about what our values and priorities are, because that's what will ultimately have to shift. Something mm-hmm. will take a lower place. Yep. And if it's something you really enjoy, like watching football for four hours Sunday afternoon, like <laughs> I do, I, I have to either decide I'm going to make exercise a priority before that, or I'm just not going to get right. to it because this is a higher priority for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I I think we're talking about some really good things. Um, and this is maybe kind of a turn back toward what we were talking about earlier a little bit, but when we're developing these rhythms and these things that we want to be a part of our daily life, what role do other people play in the development of it? Let's start with that. And then going into the long term, how do people play out in that for us? Yeah, this is such a great question. And I think we maybe even talked about it a little bit last week on our, our year end podcast mm-hmm. about if, if I make a plan or a goal and don't involve other people that are around me, it's going to be hard to, to sustain totally. because they uh, it, think this is what we talked about last time, that if, if I'm going to start eating differently and I'm in charge of shopping for my family and I come home with a whole new set of foods and meal plans that they've never heard of or eaten, and, you know, now I'm What's serving. kale? Yeah, <laughs> kale and a rutabaga and your kids are complaining and your spouse is growing. Like, well, suddenly your motivation to do that is going to really yeah. wane because you're like, oh, no one cares. And yeah. But if, if up front you sat down with your family and said, hey, this is a, a priority of mine this year. I'm going to eat differently and here's mm-hmm. some ideas and foods and here are meals. I might eat a different meal than you do. And are we yeah. okay with that? And yeah. if everyone's like, hey, that's awesome. And uh, you know, we hear stories about kids being your cheerleader. And they're like, man, mom lost this weight or dad's running. And, and they're on your side. Right. The way that just bolsters your own motivation, yeah. like I'm not alone and I'm supported, I think it's night and day different. So on the front end, I think we need those that are closest to us that are a part of our rhythms now, because that's the truth is whatever rhythms you have, mm-hmm. the, the culture or the context of your family is perfectly suited to continue that rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why it's a rhythm now, yeah. because your family has accommodated it and made room for it. So if you're going to change, you're really changing the whole system. Mm-hmm. And if you have their support up front, it's more likely. And then the accountability side that we talk about so often, people that we've committed to to say, here's what I'm working on now, and and I'm going to follow up and let you know how I'm doing. And uh, there's just something about human nature. If it's only up to me and only my commitment, then I have a lot of freedom to change it whenever I feel like mm-hmm. it. Like, hey, today I don't feel like it yeah. and I'm in charge, so I just don't do it. Yeah. 
But if I know I've committed to you or to a group about something I'm doing and I'm going to have to go to you tomorrow and say, I didn't do it, mm -hmm. that's a little harder. It's a little more difficult to yep. let myself off the hook. Um, and I, I think it's just being willing to recognize the reason I'm stuck in some of the negative patterns I am is because I'm calling the shots. Yep. I'm doing what feels comfortable, mm -hmm. is easy, convenient. And if I'm going to change that, I'm going to need some help outside of that you know, voice of control in my life. And that's the role that you or a group or a spouse can play is knowing that I'm, I'm bringing that back to someone else. Mm-hmm. That is so important. I think the way that you describe, you know, telling people of your plan, that is really important. Because if I just say to my husband, I think I'm going to exercise more, you know, he has kind of this approach of go big or go home when it yeah. comes to exercise. And, yeah. and my approach is far more slow and steady. And so just to be really specific that this is my plan. And when this changes, then I'll let you know. But yeah. here's how you could best support me in yeah. this area. Um, I had a, a group member in my first pillars group who um, did this thing with this commitment to change every week. And uh, it's interesting how profound it was at the time. I was like, you're just being lazy. I don't understand. But he would, you know, we'd process the week. We'd go through the work and he would share where he's at. And then um, there were most weeks he would just ask, what do you guys think should be my commitment to change? Like mm -hmm. based on what you've heard, what do you think I should be doing? And it's not that he wouldn't have conversation and give thought and input to it, but he asked others' opinions. And of course, we're just like, well, you should change this, change this. <laughs> just, no, we were like, well, it sounds like this is an area that you've been you know, pressing into a little bit more. Maybe do something around this arena mm -hmm. or this area of life, or maybe you should have that conversation with your wife or that coworker or something like that. So I think that asking other people um, mm -hmm. really is helpful um, in recovery, in living life in a healthy way, holistically. Um, and then also I think that idea, um, you guys have already talked about it, just asking for accountability because you mm -hmm. ask other people, it naturally is just a built in, I think, intention there that like, Hey, I'm asking you, I'm including you. I want you to be with me, be on this journey with me. So I think that mm -hmm. asking other people for uh, what they think, uh, maybe it's what's worked for them or what they think you should work on. And look, you don't have to take that. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to take what they're saying to be like, oh, you think that I need to go running, Nick? Well, yeah. the answer is no. You like, think I'm fat. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but including other people like that, what works for you? And then also the accountability piece is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wrapping up, what suggestions for new rhythms do we have for our listeners? Um, I'll go back to what I mentioned earlier. I just think that scheduling stuff is so important. I think schedule time in for self-care um, and, you know, as our staff's been pressing into the Enneagram, uh, mm. I'm a seven. I've got no problem with self-care. <laughs> I can self-care all day. Like, that's just easy for me. Um, and Nick's not even laughing because he knows it's true. But I think that it's important that self-care becomes a priority in 2020. I think that if you want health holistically, mm -hmm. I think that self-care is a huge part of recovery, of healing, and then of setting that trajectory for future health. I think it's really, really important. Um, and then I personally have been pressing into soul care. What does it look like to really take care of my soul? Mm -hmm. um, what am I exposing it to? What formations or rhythms am I creating that's making me into the person I'd like to become, the husband, the dad, um, the sexual being? Like what, what am I becoming? Um, so I think that scheduling time for that is, for me, mm -hmm. has been the most practical way to make sure that it's becoming a rhythm and becoming uh, a part of who I am becoming. So mm -hmm. schedule. That's good. Yeah, I, I think one that's very important for me this year, and so that's why I'll talk about it, is the deep connection between feeling and thinking, mm -hmm. that we tend to think in line with what we feel. And I'm just noticing, like in particular, early in the morning when I wake up, 
my thoughts tend to be very negative mm -hmm. and often condemning. And I'm recognizing it's because I don't feel good. I, I feel a little groggy. I feel yeah. a little tired. And being a three who's very performance and success oriented, it's yeah. all about feeling good, looking good, right. you know, being successful. And when you don't feel good, it's like, well, I'm not successful. I'm not good at what I do. It just can get into a very dark yeah. cycle. And so thinking about... Um, for, for anyone who's looking to make new rhythms, I think addressing our inner thought life is, is a huge mm -hmm. part of life. And maybe it's what do we think about at night when we're laying in bed trying to fall asleep? What yeah. do we think about first thing in the morning? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are we thinking about when we get in the middle of a busy day? And how could we make some adjustments by practicing the, the five gratitudes, the yeah. things that we're grateful for, yeah. um, mm -hmm. taking some time in the middle of the day for centering prayer and just to to breathe deeply and focus mm -hmm. on a scripture verse, uh, reviewing our personal promises about who God says yes. we are and, and scriptures that really mean something to us so that our internal dialogue isn't just being driven by how we mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. um, because if, if we can renew our thinking, then those external goals or rhythms that we're trying to change, I think will come uh, much more naturally. And the other thing I'd encourage, you know, going back to what you were saying, Trevor, I think it would be very brave if we could go to people in our lives that we trust, yep. that, that we know care about us, mm -hmm. and be willing to ask them the question this way to say, what would make me a better friend in 2020? Mm -hmm. Because that's really going to give that's them profound, permission yeah. To, yeah. to speak into our lives what maybe right. they know is a little off about how we treat mm -hmm. them or how we act around them. And what would make me a better spouse in 2020? Mm -hmm. What would make me a better employee? What would make me a better boss? Like... Wherever we have responsibilities and we trust the people we're with to ask that question because they're going to observe some things that right. we could. And, and that, like mm -hmm. you said, Trevor, doesn't mean we're going to do this wholesale change just yeah. because they right. said something. Right. But I think that's the kind of input that can really be eye opening to say, oh, here's what I need to make a priority this year because I'm starting to hear it from a few people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of saw it as a minor thing. But boy, now that I hear it from others. I'm going to yeah. go after this one. And and knowing that they've said it, they're likely to be a person that would really support Absolutely. you in that change. Yeah. Right. I think with that too, it's funny. I, like I think we get fearful when we approach somebody thinking, oh, they're just going to have a laundry list of my stuff. And it's like the people who are closest to you, there's something about humility that when you come to someone in humility and say, hey, what do you think I should be working on? They're not just going to be like, oh, I've been waiting for you to like, ask me that question. They're going to they're going to think about it and they're going to be thoughtful and say, look, this is this is maybe an area that I see some growth and potential for you. Because if they care about you, that's what they're focused on. You and your health and your progression mm -hmm. as a holistic person. Right. Like that's the whole point. So I think that overcoming that fear on the front end is going to actually be pretty fruitful. Mm-hmm. I think too, and you mentioned this already, that I tend to think that if we want lasting change, then we do really need to pick one thing, you know, just mm -hmm. to pick one thing at a time, work on that for 30 days or longer to just see what kind of benefits we gain yeah. from that. And I think especially when it comes to developing new rhythms that if we don't know where to start, start with some of those basic things like yeah. I need to get more sleep or I need to be eating better or I need to get mm -hmm. some form of exercise because those not only benefit us, but it's amazing how getting the right amount of sleep every night benefits how we behave in relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it really then is going to affect all areas of our lives, which is amazing. Yeah. So 2020 can be and will be a great year. Mm -hmm. If we're intentional, it can be and it will be. Uh, I just think of that idea. It's like a trampoline. We're launching off into a new trajectory of health and growth. Uh, so thanks for you guys' time. Appreciate it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, so much fun. 
So new rhythms and new practices in our daily lives can bring about huge change and growth. We've all experienced that. We hope that today's conversation will help inspire you to put those new rhythms into your daily life and bring about the growth that really God has for you. We hope that you or anyone you know understands that Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is looking for help, go to our website, puredesire.org, start your healing journey. And look, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. It would make me feel so much better, all of us. It's free forever, we promise. Just subscribe. It'll be worth it. And if you could write a review, that helps others find the podcast. And lastly, never stop being happy.